Welcome to Quarter R. This is where we mend walls and create safe communities. On Quarter R, we discuss all things lifestyle, family, nation building, everyday issues, and of course, everything about you. Yeah, it's another week at Quarter R. And I'm so pleased to be with you today. You know, we have been talking about security issues and how it um, borders around women. We've been centering on that for some weeks now. And today we want to wrap it up and we have someone live in the studio. We will also give us our own experience, very, very close experience with security issues. You know, we've been talking about security in the in the rural areas, but this time around, we want to bring it home to the city. You know, yes, we do not really have those kinds of farms, but yes, security still has um, has a toll on women in the city. So, I'm still your bookie Femi Ajala. Incidentally, I'll be doing this alone today. Um, Shola and um, Melanie are not around today, but... You can be rest assured that we're going to have a beautiful time today. Okay, like I said, today we'll have a guest who will talk to us about her experience, you know, on security issues. And she's my darling friend. Her name is Somto Ajama. So, Somto Ajama, we have been talking about security issues for some weeks now. And I remember you telling me about your experience, you know, security issues, even in the city. Yes. So, can you bring it on? Welcome. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so let me just dive right into this story. I live on the mainland in Lagos, uh, close to Maryland, Ikeja, around that axis. And I used to work on the island. Anybody who lives on the mainland or the outlands, like people like to call some of that area, knows that when you work on the island, you have to wake up really early so that you can queue with other islanders, with other fellow islanders, and, you know, get transport, public transportation, a bus that takes you, or private cars that go to the island that you can ride with. And that was the whole idea for me that very morning, because that's something I do, like, when you know, I'm, like, every single day. So it wasn't, nothing was amiss that morning. Everything was fine. Woke up early, wore my clothes, got to the bus stop, a little later than usual actually because i usually get there like 5 15 but on that very day i got there maybe around 5 30. so you can imagine how in a hurry i was as opposed to typically that i'll maybe take my time okay no i never really took my time i was always in a hurry anyway so i was in an extra hurry that particular morning so when this sienna we parked in front of me one spot left i jumped at it along with a number of people after hustling my way through, I made it. And I was the only person who got into the Siena at the end of the day. So I was feeling like a G, like, okay, finally, I can be on my way to the island. I got this one. Thinking that everything was fine. So typically on that on that uh, stretch of road, if you take the the left, it takes you towards K2, Berger, that axis. If you take the right, then you link towards the island. I was looking and before I knew it, they took the left. I'm like, I was going to the island and that was when I opened my mouth and said, oh, sorry, oh, I'm headed to the island, not K2. I'm not going to Berger. I'm going to the island. Only for me to have these two guys behind me who I didn't even notice in the first place because, I mean, my eyes were on the road. I needed to just get to where I was going. 
and then these two guys behind me just held me from behind and held my throat and another one was trying to like choke me and then the driver in front of me just looked back and said just be quiet just be quiet and I'm me that I was like a chubby girl like me I was like no 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 <laughs> this ain't gonna happen on my watch and I was trying to struggle and everything and then the guy sitting right next to me just slapped me and I think that was when I regained consciousness. Like, okay, okay, this is becoming real. This is becoming real. The guy slapped me like twice and said, if I don't stop struggling, they're going to rape me and they're going to pour acid on me. And I'm like, wait, wait, what's really going on right now? I was in a literal state of shock. I didn't even know what to do, how to react. My brain just told me, calm down if you know you want to get out of this place because that has to be your goal. So at that point... Uh, I stopped struggling and I just started asking, what do you want? What do you want? The guy was saying, hey, she done the corporate. She done the get sense. She done the corporate, that kind of thing. So that went on for a little while and they kept trying to calm me down, telling me to shut up and everything, threatening me back and forth. And they asked me, so where do I work? Where am I going? I explained that I was going to work and I had my laptop in my bag and they asked me where I was working. I told them the media company I was working. They were like, they're not familiar with the name. And I explained what they do. They're like, ah, they still don't know the name of the place. And if they don't know the place, that means it's not, that means it's not popular as opposed to another media company that they mentioned that was popular. And if I was working in that particular one, then maybe I could link them to who they could scam or who they could get money from or something. But this one I was working at, they're like, it's not popular. So that means they probably don't have money. And they now asked me for my own phone. I didn't want to give them my phone initially, but after I was slapped like three extra times and, and threatened again with rape and acid poured on me, I had to like take it seriously. So I gave them my phone, put my password, they checked my account balance, and I had just recently received some money from my church because I had to do some uh, material shopping for a conference that was coming up for uniforms for the people in my church. And that money was what I had at the time. So they took, they opened it, saw the accumulation of that amount and my private account, my personal account, and they were like, ah, this one even hold back, she get money. And they asked me for my ATM pin, to which I lied the first time. And after again, I was slapped like twice. And this time I was told to lay down on the floor to lie down on the floor and spread my legs. So I really thought that they were going to rape me at that point. So I just fessed up and I told them my actual pain. And then after roughing me up a bit, they told me to stand up and asked me if I wanted my phone or my laptop. I said I wanted my phone. I mean, I, I said I wanted my laptop because I couldn't pay for that, but I could get a new phone. So they left my laptop with me and then put told me to close my eyes and they put something in my eyes and when I felt it I felt like okay I think this was Rob or Aboniki or something along those lines and they literally just pushed me out of the car wow pushed me out of the car I rode for a little while that's when I realized that we were on a move like we were on the move we're still on the move and I was pushed just on the road I was just really praying that there was no car that was Coming. speeding by or you know, that probably will have run over you. Exactly. So there were two guys that helped me stand up and push me into the side of the road. So the ones who gave me two clean handkerchiefs that I used to clean my eye. And they told me to just calm down, try to get my eyes open, figure out where I am, and maybe go to the nearest bank mm. where I could do that. Yeah. Finally, I got a bike. They helped me pay for that. Got to the bank, of course. There was no money there. And <laughs> basically, I found someone who helped me get through to my sister who ordered a cab for me at that point and then I could get home wow. and then find my way to work and the rest of the story from there. Okay, now, so tell me, were you traumatized? I was 
definitely traumatized. I took the following day off because work asked me not to come in the following day and to take my time. I took the following day off, but I realized I had to return the laptop. So the day after, that's two days after it happened, I went to work. But I got to work really late. I was supposed to resume at 9. I got to work like past 10. And that was because I stood at the bus stop for the longest time. In fact, I stood sad, stood sad, because I didn't want to get into any... But but did you go at at that time? I didn't go. I did not. Okay. So, did so not. you were late for work? I, I was late for work. I, at this point, I can boldly say it was intentional, because I did not want to get mm-hmm. kidnapped a second time. I left the house like to seven when it was really mm-hmm. bright, because I cannot explain to anybody. And that happened. So I was definitely traumatized. I got to work consistently late after that and i was doing a one-month internship that after that that would determine whether or not i was going to be hired for the job i was two weeks in when this happened so coming to work consistently back to back for the rest of the two weeks i mean on, on some level i automatically knew that so at the end of the day we're not going to hire you yes they and did I, offer to you know take me to therapy to help me see a therapist for which i was appreciative but why didn't you go for for, for that session because really, you were traumatized. I, I was. I was. But at that point, I felt like I just didn't want to rehash it okay. with anybody else. I just needed to just deal with it on my own and get to buy it. And but now that, you're telling decided, us. So what happened? After that, I had decided not to. I was quitting the job. I wasn't going to work on the island okay. ever again. Okay. And for me, I, I felt like that was the solution. I mean, I okay, was so never going to work. I, I haven't taken a job on the island since then for that same reason. So do you still have that fear now? No. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't have that fear now. But I still consciously don't wake up really early. Early No for matter that. what it is I have to do on the island. But you, but you had to lose that job. Yes, I did. You had I to did. lose that job. So, I mean, th- th- those are one of the things that happen when, when somebody goes through security. We're, we're talking about security issues, mm-hmm. how people lose, lose, lose their properties, their lives, you know. And then, of course, they just live in, in fear. Yes. But let me ask you something, Sumto. With this experience now, what are the lessons to be learned from it in terms of the people who go to work? Because really in Lagos, if you go to work in mm-hmm. Lagos, you've got to leave very early. Mm-hmm. So do you have any ideas that what can the government do or what can the community <sighs> to do to ensure that this does not happen? Because really, sometimes yours is not the first and it's really Absolutely not the last. Not. You know, it's We keep hearing time. about this. Yes. What can the government do? What can the government do? That's a really valid question. I haven't even thought about that before. But off the top of my head, I'd say that the government can make um, transportation easier for people in the sense that, because at that time, um, there was a hike in transport prices. Okay. There was a, so this must have been like the Kabu-Kabu stuff yes, that we exactly. have in, in Lagos. There was a major hike you know? in traffic. And so people would wait for the buses that are less before they even enter in the first place. And there were not so many buses going on at that time. So it was a little bit tricky yeah. at, at that point. So I think with the freak, with the hike every time, that on some level influences that. And, and possibly, probably they should regulate, you know, the, 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 the vehicles that That's do also that. That's true, yes. yes. Because I noticed that sometimes um, some of those buses and some of even the cars as well yeah. um, do not they don't know anybody at the bus stop so you're uh, just absolutely. going so, so, so they're taking advantage of exactly. innocent citizens then another question we want to ask because this whole um, um, quarter session quarter hour with, with, with ladies is all about mending walls and having safe communities mm. 
So how do we ensure we have safe community? But I believe that these so-called human beings, they came from a family. Mm -hmm. So I want you to talk about that. How are we raising people? I mean, are we raising people to be such people in the society? So what's the what's the lesson for people who are raising people? How can we ensure that the people we are raising, the men we are raising, mm. they will not, you know, mm. behave so this way? I'm going to look at that from two perspectives. Mm. I never really like to point fingers or to say that people and or, or parents are not doing a good job raising their children. Parenting is hard work. Yeah. And I don't think but any it's a, parent... It's another choice that you have to make, even if your parents did not even train you well. Very true. Yeah. I don't think any parent goes out of their way to neglect their child and not give them the basics that and, they and, need. And to groom them to be vagabonds. Exactly. Groom, no groom, groom them to be criminals. That. And that leads me to the choice part you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So they should. I, I think on that level, they should be more intentional about things that they teach them. And on the, on the other hand, I'd say that... Um, parents should be should empower the children to do more for themselves financially to expose themselves to opportunities because sometimes it's ignorance that causes the kind of thing if you are capable and you are independent you can go out of your to explore opportunities and take advantage of them that could earn you financial independence at some point rather than you won't have to do all those all this savory, <laughs> all this criminal all this criminal activities all right so we have to call it a day uh so to thank you so much for sharing your experience thank god that you are welcome. healed that you can share the experience mm -hmm. and we want to call it a day and like we always say um, Kota is about mending worlds and um, having safe communities and we reach out to everyone. What is your choice? Are you, are you someone who is going about your duty, you know, in a civilized manner, you're not hurting anybody or you have decided to take that other choice of doing your own business, earning money by hurting people. people. Because like what Sumto did, she was traumatized and of course, she lost her job, all because of that bad choice that somebody did. So till we come your way again, till next week, we want to say thank you. And thank you once again, Sonto, for spending time with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Kota R. If you have feedback, comments, questions, or any other topics you'd like us to discuss, Please call 0700-123-5010 or send a text to 0701-050-9771.